0: Well, happy Easter. Our long Lent is over. And whatever you had planned, promised, hoped for, or expected, that's all in the past now. My Lenten promises never quite come out the way that I expect and that I hope. And although it's important to periodically challenge ourselves, the fact is that sometimes we don't succeed And that shouldn't keep us from setting high goals. Still, the lengthening list of half-completed projects on my desk is a reminder that my expectations are not always attainable. But Easter is about overturning our expectations. All his life, Jesus had frustrated people's expectations of him. The long-foretold king, he was born in a stable. The great teacher, he had nothing in common with the religious teachers of his time. And almost all of his parables were stories with a ridiculous twist at the end. The father takes the prodigal son back. The shepherd abandons 99 sheep to look for one that's lost. Jesus rides triumphantly into Jerusalem, but is arrested and killed. And in every case, Jesus seems to do the opposite of what was expected. And the greatest flaunting of those expectations, of course, was his greatest triumph. When everyone around him, his followers and friends and disciples, we were sure that his mission was finally and permanently over because he was dead, he rose triumphant from the grave. And in doing that, he has changed forever what we can expect and what we can hope for. One of the greatest unrecognized miracles of the risen Christ is that when he rises and appears to his disciples, He never once said, I told you so. Did you notice something strange about this gospel? Who isn't in it? Jesus isn't in it, that's who. Maybe you expected the resurrection gospel where Jesus actually appears to Mary Magdalene. That is one of the other options for today, but it's not the one that we use for most of our Easter masses. Here, just as the angels proclaimed the empty tomb last night and Peter and John, the apostle, find the empty tomb, we find that the expectations that this is the end of the story are really not the last word and we have some strange and interesting details that tell us something about the story. Did you ever wonder about that business with the cloth covering his head being rolled up in a place by itself? That is meant to help us understand that his body wasn't just stolen by someone. If you are a grave robber going in to take a body from a tomb, You don't stop and roll up the cloths on your way out. (laughs) That's an important detail for us because it tells us that he was not simply taken from the tomb, but that he rose. But whatever it is that we expect, God has something much greater in store for us. We expect that death is the end. And it isn't. We expect that we're going to be punished for our sins. And instead, we are forgiven. We expect to find Jesus' body in the tomb. But it isn't because he has risen. And that is what this Easter Gospel is about. We have had enough experiences of death and disappointment and suffering have been frequent companions for us. And it might be easy to give in to despair and cynicism, but we know that death's power is not absolute and that sin and suffering are not more powerful than forgiveness and compassion. Because we have died with Christ, we will also rise with Christ. Suffering and death are not any less real, but we know that they're not the end of the story. The power of God's love is stronger than our fears and more powerful than our divisions. The resurrection of Christ eclipses our hatreds and tells us that we are loved by God, and that love makes us all one people. And Easter is something that should bring us tremendous joy. You may be familiar with the books and television show from Marie Kondo, The, uh, the Magical Art of Tidying Up. Very popular. You know, I, I have read Marie Kondo's works, and I think she's really onto something, but you would not know it looking at my office. It's a really good theory. And her theory is that a simple life is a better life. And that one of the paths to a simpler life is to tidy up. And by that she means to pick up everything that is in your space and contemplate it. And if it's something that sparks joy in you, then you find an appropriate place to keep it, and that's where it stays. And if it doesn't spark joy in you, then you toss it out. The tossing out is really hard. For me, it's always easier to try and find more storage space. And I know that's not the right answer. I'm sorry, Marie. But yeah, no, I, that's, that's too hard to do. And I think that she is on to something But I think she also misses something really important that Easter teaches us. And that is that our joy doesn't just come from the things that we have, but joy also comes to us from God through our life situations, through the ways that God chooses to bless us, through our loving relationships. And those are the things that can spark joy in us if we can let ourselves be open to that possibility. Our joy never comes just from our stuff. Lent is 40 days long, and the Easter season is 50 days long. And the message there is that our joys and our celebration at the resurrection should dwarf the penitential, introspective mood of Lent. And so it is time to show the world that our expectations have changed by the ways that we live, by the ways that we treat each other, by the things that we hope for, and for the joy that we experience and that we bring into the rest of the world. Now is the time to reveal to the world that Christ is risen and that we are changed people because of it.